morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of the recording. This is episode 78 of the Restricted Zone Podcast, and I'm with a great crew today. Jonathan, introduce yourself, man. Yes, sir. We got a packed house. We got a packed episode. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. Kendrick, introduce yourself, man. Yup, you know who it is. The smartest man on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in. Johnny Taz. Chris, introduce yourself, man. What's good, everybody? Let's have a good show. <laughs> Let's get it. Magic Mar. Let's get it. Introduce yourself, man. What's up, Colin? Thanks for having me. We're about to have another good episode. Yes, yes, we will. Jonathan, I'll leave it to you. All right, so we're heading into week 12 of the NFL season, which means the holiday season is upon us, and the playoff picture is starting to materialize. So now that we're past the midway mark of the season, we are going to give you guys our picks for the biggest surprises and disappointments thus far in 2022. And we're also going to go over Zach Wilson and his tone-deaf response following a very poor performance last week. And the Cowboys just completely dominate the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to get into all of that, but first we're going to start with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles because, as you know, we have like MVP. MVP. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't start. Don't start? Oh. You know, I'm biased. You know, I, I want Jalen to get MVP, but you got to give it to Mahomes right now. Got to. My homeboy. <laughs> got to. But Jalen, Jalen's second, though. He's second right now. But speaking of Jalen, in that game on Sunday, the Eagles defeated the Indianapolis Colts 17-16 to improve to 9-1 and on the season. They have the best record in the NFL. And for the second week in a row, the Eagles almost gave me a damn aneurysm. Just a, just a disappointing game. But they came out with the win. It was an ugly, ugly win, but they came out with the win. And it's because of Hurts, heroics, and the defense. Got to give shout-outs to the defense. But Jalen Hurts, on that final drive, just took his legs and just carried the Eagles down the field on that final drive. He rushed for 87 yards in the game with the game-winning rushing touchdown. 49 of those 87 rush yards came on that final drive. So I'm going to start with well, who I want to start with. Kendra, you're the Eagles fan. I'm, I'm going to start with you. Play. <laughs> now, All right, there has so been fans. Oh, my fault. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, all right. One second. I'm going to get to you. <laughs> oh, my fault. <laughs> so, now, there, there's been Eagles fans on Twitter, you know, in a couple of days since since Sunday, who are really showing, they're just showing their ass right now. I mean, they're just outing themselves as just haters or just people who don't really know the game of football and just watch box scores. So they're complaining that, you know, the Eagles, you know, quote unquote, didn't trust Jalen to throw the football on that final drive. You know, they say that he's not the quarterback. He's not the right quarterback. Mind you, this team is nine and one and he's in the MVP discussions, but people are complaining because he ran a lot on the final drive. So my question to you is, is it asinine for fans to complain about Jalen Hurts not throwing the ball on that final drive? Kendrick? Um, personally, no, because if you look at it, they're trying to go out there and um, win. So 
I understand that other quarterbacks are known for ma- making passes when it's like in crunch time, but why aren't we just going with the best play at hand? Like, okay, he made it with his legs. Next week, he could be in the same situation and make it with his arm and then shut everybody up. But I just feel like, why not play to what is working instead of trying to force something that isn't working? Like, that's just, that's, that's bad coaching. Like, and then people will get on people if they're like, oh, well, that's bad. That's, why didn't they run the ball? They were having such success with it, with him doing that. Why didn't they keep doing it that drive? Why did they start passing? So it's just like, it's a double-edged sword. Like, it's like, you can't ever make people happy. They just want to find something to knit pick at and not give people their props for just making a great play and helping his team win the game so because if like let, let's say lamar lamar could do the same thing are they gonna come out with the same thing to him like oh well you know he, he's not a real quarterback because he, he ran the ball but it's just like josh allen did it um he was running he had more uh rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns i mean justin field does it there's multiple quarterbacks who do this and are, are like getting praised for it but when Jalen hurts do it why is he not getting the same praise as they are that's the real question yeah, Johnny, would you agree with that? Like, the man can clearly, he's, he's a weapon. He's a weapon. This, this, this is what he does. Like, why are we complaining about this, you know? I completely and totally under, I actually agree. Um, it's completely asinine. I think people are just trying to find ways to pick at him because we're not in one. Um, I see, jo- I see Josh Allen doing it with his legs all the time. I see Pat Mahomes doing it with his legs all the time as well. Nobody says anything. They praise him. But like you guys say, when Jalen when does it, she scrutinized. But I want to point out, he had a, a he had no interceptions. Uh, he had a passer rating of 107, um, 18 for 25, 190 yards. Um, that's good quarterbacking, if you ask me. So at the same time, like they can question what they what he did on that final drive. But if he doesn't score, then I think you can speculate. But at the end of the day, he did it with his legs. He probably made adjustments that we don't know about that. Sometimes you just got to do it on your own, and that's what that's what winning quarterbacks do. And he he capitalized it with the game winning touchdown on the ground. So at the end of the day, I feel like this is scrutinizing. I feel like it's a little bit of unfair speculation, but I think the Eagles in general, we've been getting unfair like speculation, and we've been getting unfair criticism all season. I mean, at the end of the day, they will still say that we're not tested, but in my personal opinion. Jalen has been tested these past two weeks, and at the end of the day, uh, 9-1, guys, so I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, this man was sucking in wind, you know, on like on that defensive series before the final game-winning drive, and on that drive, the first two plays were designed QB runs. So it was like, this dude is like, he can barely breathe, and they, and they just have him out there just running the ball, because they know that's that's his specialty, and the Colts were playing the pass because obviously this is a passing situation. So why not? Why not exploit the defense and you know make plays with your feet? Chris and Mar, you guys aren't Eagles fans, so you kind of see this more objectively than subjectively. I like to get your thoughts on this. Either one of y'all can go first. I got it. I got it, bro. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> to, to to start off. Y'all play calls is not the best, so I mean sometimes he has to run. But I would agree. I'm gonna get to that. I will get I to would, that. All right, I would agree with Kendrick to a certain extent because you like you can't win every game with your legs. Not and there's nothing wrong with him when I don't see anything wrong with him winning a game like that. I don't think it should determine anybody's future. 
to a certain extent because when it comes down you have no timeouts you can't you, you can't do that like you have to know how to place the ball you have to know where to put the ball you have to know how, like you you have you just have to know as a quarterback so i would agree to a certain extent increase your thoughts um i i can kind of agree with Kendrick and Johnny what they were saying too i mean i mean like you said John you're going to touch on it that play called on the last drive that i i'm i'm like i said i like I said in the group chat and i'm going to say it again i swear i thought Joe Judge was out there calling plays for you on that last drive cuz it really did not make any sense some of the plays that Joe Yo. Oh god! It really did not make sense. I was. was I've said it on Twitter. I don't think I've. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like I said, I was lost. I was looking at this game like, do the Eagles even want to win at this point? Like, what were they trying to do? Now, again, I'm I'm all for black quarterbacks anyway. So I want to see Jalen Hurts succeed because I like seeing black quarterbacks succeed. I would like to see another black quarterback. Win the Super Bowl. That's one of my, that's honestly like one of my dreams. I want to see a black quarterback win a Super Bowl because none of us were alive when Doug Williams won it for the formerly known as Redskins back in I think it was the eighties or something. So obviously I want to see Jalen Hurts succeed, and I'm glad he is succeeding in the situation that he's in. But I feel like the scrutiny he's getting, I feel like that just comes with again the black, the territory of being the black quarterback because they're always going to find something about you and try to say something. Like, again, for Lamar Jackson, for the longest times, regardless of the fact that he was electrifying in college, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, almost won the Heisman Trophy twice, they still called him a running back. But now look at him. He's on the verge of, of being possibly the highest-paid quarterback come next year. They they scrutinized Michael Vick, saying that he really wasn't the quarterback. But look what he did. He changed the game. Probably did the same thing with Randall Cunningham. So I feel like just being – and a black quarterback in the league, you're just going to have to deal with that scrutiny. But I'm glad Jalen Hurts is, like, proving the critics wrong. And then, like Kendrick said, this week he had to win the game with his legs. Who's who's to say next week he doesn't win the game, he doesn't win the game with his arm? And then it's like, okay, so what are you going to say now? They should have ran the ball more? I mean, it's not like it, – they're always going to try to find something to say about you. So I'm glad Jalen Hurts is succeeding in that matter. Yeah, and up until last week, the Monday night game, the Eagles had every game pretty much in hand in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is like the first game-winning, you know, situation for the Eagles all season where they've needed to get a last-minute touchdown. So this is like, it's it's set a precedent, you know, like this is the first time that we've seen the Eagles in this situation. You know, next week, hopefully, you know, hopefully not, but... You know, next week against the Packers, they may need throw the ball because now the Packers they they saw film from you know last Sunday's game and they're gonna keep they're gonna keep a spy out there or they're gonna play QB contained. So yeah, I mean this this is like the this is the first instance where we've seen it, like Jalen Hurts have to come up with a with a drive like this. So it's it, it's not like this is a repeated offense. And even so, who 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 can really stop it? Because when you spread the field out like that, you have, you know, Goddard's not there, but you still have Smith and, and Brown out there. Like, like why are we? The, the Eagles fan base is, is really suspect. Like, 
30 to 40 percent of the fan base is really sensitive. And I don't want to throw the R word out there, but there's a lot of undertones coming from the fan base as from some some blue check marks out there, too. It's not just fans. It's, you know, writers as well. So, you know, before you move on, I do want to mention, you know, just that offensive game plan. Like just Johnny Kendrick, like I I can't be the only one that says this. I can't be the only one that feels this way. And I, I don't think I've said it on this podcast before, but I've said it on Twitter. This this coaching staff is very suspect. <laughs> In particular, these coordinators, all three of them, offense, defense, and special teams. I feel like I it's not fair to say, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I feel like this team, the talent is carrying the coaching staff. Do y'all think that's fair? Sometimes I think we have a game plan going in, and then like they're like, "Oh, you know, what? let's do a completely different game plan than one that we don't normally do, just to see if it works." And it never works out for them. And I feel like that's the issue, and that's the hump that they haven't gotten over yet to make them like a good uh, coaching staff, like to be like we were like as a as a fan base, and maybe even as a team. Like, they feel comfortable and it works because they, they'll find something that works and then they'll keep doing it and they'll keep doing it. And then they'll be like, oh, let's try something new to switch it up. And then, like, they do a not-so-good job of it. And it's just like, all right, you're really just showing you're a one-trick pony to a lot of people. And it's just like, I think that's what the issue is that I have with them is, like, they're not versatile enough. Um, yeah, I would have to agree to an extent with that because the thing I've questioned the play calling a few times throughout the season, even with the wins, because it's, uh, like for instance, just past Sunday, um, surprisingly, it was a lot of like Michael Pittman. He, there was a lot of zone spaces that he just got open in. He just found cushions in our defense. And I was very surprised at the defensive play calling. Um, I still feel like, I mean, I, I feel like we've done a good job of blitzing lately, but I feel like we don't utilize our defensive talent as much offensively. I feel like we don't run the football more. I don't see, now I don't know, it's, it, it is a fine line with that because I do understand you have to go according to success of the run, uh, to an extent, like per carry and everything, but I, I feel like we should run the football more at certain times that we don't. And a few other times I questioned, I questioned the play calling, even on a, a certain fourth down. So I will agree to an extent, Bro. but I think it gets, it's gotten better a little bit on the season, but I, I, I will. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave Gannon alone because you know what? After that opening yeah. drive, yeah, he, he made adjustments. He, he finally, that happened last week too, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like last week, the, last week the defense got killed. Gannon was, and, and rightfully so, Gannon was getting drugged through. And now it's Shane Sykin, the offensive coordinator. It's like first and goal at the two-yard line, you call a play-action pass. And then second and goal, you're running out of shotgun, and then Kelsey throws a high snap. If you just ran under center, ran the ball, you, you, you could have had a touchdown instead of a field goal. Like, it's just, ugh. I just hope it doesn't come back to, to bite him in January. It's just in the back of my mind, like I just got that just terrible feeling that just coaching is going to do this team in, despite the talent. 
that we have. We both up on veterans. I'm about to say we both up on veterans. So maybe to an extent. We also, yes. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Joseph and Namaka Sue. Shout out to Joseph and Sue because they literally came in like like three, four days before Sunday's game. And they were both just tremendous. Linval Joseph was probably the best player on the field for the Eagles in that game. Both sides of the ball. So... Shouts out to Howie again to just addressing a problem, seeing a problem and addressing it. And hey, I mean, it was ugly, but the Eagles are nine and one. I'm not going to spend too much more time on this. We're going to move on. We're going to keep it in the division, though. We're going to talk about those Cowboys. Damn Cowboys, man! Oh <sighs> my God, make this make this like a thirty second segment. <laughs> the Cowboys, they're seven and three, and you know what? They're Eagles have a two-game lead and a tiebreaker over the Cowboys right now, but you, you cannot overlook them right now. They're, they, they went on the road last week and, and lost you know, a game they should have won against the Green Bay Packers. They lost, I believe, in overtime. They came back and just completely blew the doors off of the Minnesota Vikings, and their winning streak at, at seven games. Dak Prescott threw for 276 yards, two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns went to Tony Pollard. Who just had an, just an incredible day, 189 combined yards for two receiving touchdowns. If you had Tony Pollard on your fantasy team, you probably won last week. Kirk Cousins, Mr. I Can Only Perform at 1 p.m., threw for only 105 yards, had a QBR of 14.9. He got his chain snatched, man. It, it's, whew. He got his chain snatched. So the Cowboys, 7-3. I mean, can they steal this one seed from the Eagles? Chris, I'm going to start with you. Um, all right, so this, this is the thing about the Cowboys that I'm, I guess I'm starting to notice a little bit more. It's, I think what I'm starting to notice more about them is the fact that, like, you don't know what kind of Cowboys team you're going to get when it comes to Sunday. And that's where, and mm-hmm. it's weird because when you look at, on paper, the Cowboys are very talented. Even with the people that they lost in the offseason, how we thought they were going to come back sluggish, but they were going to come back a little bit not as good as they were last year, they still have a lot of talent in that team. And it showed last it showed last Sunday on the last I'll say the past couple of Sundays. Cause like you said, John, they should have bit they should have beat the Packers and they destroyed the they destroyed the Vikings. So it's like you never know what Cowboys team you're going to get, which is, I think the, I feel like that might be the most frustrating part for Cowboys fans, and I'm glad they had to deal with that frustration, but that's another, that's another topic for another day. Makes me happy, makes me smile. <laughs> exactly, but, but the thing, but I think, I, I will say they do have a chance at still in the one, at the one spot, but it's not going to be easy, because you also know you got to deal with the Giants, who are still right there, and again, that, I mean, the commanders are right there as well, so it's not like they it's going to be easy for them to take over the the division from the Eagles. But I mean, when you look at how the Eagles have played the past couple of weeks, and you start seeing that like Eagles are going go through phases in the game where they don't they're not getting beat by the other team, but they beat themselves. And I think that's one thing that's noticed. So I would say if the Eagles continue to just find ways to beat themselves, and those and those mistakes that they make turn into losses, then I feel like the Cowboys would have do have a chance to like, you know, overtake them for the division. And before I pass on somebody else, I just gotta say, 
I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it again. Probably going to say it again next week. The reverse. Michael Parsons is probably the only Dallas Cowboy I like right now. That man is a dog. And I really, really wish he was on another I can't team hate right on now. him. I can't huh? hate on him. I, exactly. You can't. That man. We are. No, yes, you're not. Sir. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I can't, bro, and and he's a Phillies fan too. Like I can't, bro. Exactly. Went to went to Penn State, Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 he did. So you don't you don't even support Penn. State. And honestly, this could be in the MVP conversation. Like the MVP award is so quarterback dominated, but it is like. But Michael, on, it, it's it's crazy. This just how much of a game changer Michael Parsons is, and I think we knew. Well, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm I'm gonna say for myself. I knew he was going to be like good when he came into the league. I did not think he would be this dominant this fast. I did not see that coming. Rookies like are no said, different, is, man. They come out league ready. He is a dog, and as long as he's on that uh, Cowboys defense, please watch out. That's all I gotta say. Just please watch out. He got that dog you know, from linebacker you. Yeah, but you don't like him though. I love Penn State. I just don't like Sean Clifford right now. There's a difference. What they gonna do, Michael Parsons? <laughs> I like. I care for Penn State, and I like Michael Parsons. I'm just saying that right now, I got beef with Penn State a little bit. Well, it don't matter. Y'all are submission get anyway. Moving on, <laughs> Johnny. I mean, I know you're you're residential cowboy hater number one. I'm number two, man. But he said number two. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I. I I was rooting for him Sunday only because of the one seed that Kendrick, you gotta be, like, you got, come on, bro. Only because of the one seed. Now, and now it's back to hating them boys. Johnny, how do you, feel, how do you feel about this song? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this real quick. Um, and I'm not even, like, honestly, these guys are too, these guys are shifty. One week they're good. Next week they're back to being who we, who we all know them to be. But I will say, I, I will say for the Vikings, that offensive line needs to apologize to Kirk Cousins. I have never seen, I I saw this stat, I have never seen a stat like this. 63, uh, he, yeah, he was pressured. Kirk Cousins was pressured on 63% of his dropbacks. That is like, I, I've never heard of that. 63% of his dropbacks, he was pressured. How are you getting the ball? How can you even think about getting the ball to Justin, Jeff, Justin Jefferson? Who just snapped against the Bills last week, and he didn't even get, no nobody had a chance. It started, and I mean I don't know if that's in the way the Cowboys are. You don't know if that's because of them. I, Mika Parsons for sure. I think he, for, I think what first uh, forced fumble first quarter. So other than him, other than him, because he is a dog. You don't know if it's collectively if that defense is better or they just had one of those. Weird weeks that the Cowboys have where they just paint that image of a good team and then, you know, it just disappears around playoff time. Um, but I, I, I will say Tony Pollard, we called this out. I called this out in the, in the summertime. I, I, that boy is getting I, paid. I, bro, getting he paid. Start, I said he should have started over Zeke to start the season and he's finally, he finally had that breakout game. I, I saw it coming. I just didn't know when it was going to go, when it was going to come, but. It, it, he finally had it. Uh, 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 what was it? He was the first player in franchise history for the Cowboys with 50 plus rushing yards and 100 plus receiving yards and two touchdowns. 
in, in the game. And so that's, that was pretty cool in its own right. So, but I saw that coming. Tony Pollard, I will have to give him props. I know y'all, I, I know, um, Chris likes, um, uh, Mika, but Tony Pollard, you gotta give him his props too. You gotta give him his props too. So those two are probably the most consistent on the Cowboys. So other than that, I don't trust them. I'm not buying it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. 13 quarterback hits. Um, in like eight tackles for losses, that's very, very impressive for a defense. But we don't know what we're going to get next week from them. Um, but like you said, seven and three, we can't ignore them. And um, but I don't, uh, they not catching our Eagles. Well, we we talk about you know how the Cowboys kind of fluctuate week to week. Their upcoming schedule is as follows: so Thanksgiving, they go up against Mars Giants, who are just. I mean, that injury sheet is longer than the Bible right now. I mean, they're just going through it in the Meadowlands. Then after that, they have a mini-buy after the Thursday game. They're at home against the Colts. Then they're at home against the Texans on the road at Jacksonville. And then the Eagles on uh, Christmas Eve. So, Mar, I mean, your Giants are up next. It's not looking good right now for them. But will Thanksgiving be competitive? Yeah, Who the Cowboys? Cowboys and Giants. Yeah, do the Cowboys have a chance? That's what you're asking me, right? <laughs> I'm saying do the I'm saying do the Giants have a chance? You asking the <laughs> wrong question, then player. <laughs> hey, Bro, you gotta you gotta understand. You gotta understand. <laughs> Dallas will always be Dallas. Dallas will always be the NFC Chargers. They will always find a way to mess up their own rights. So I'm never worried when it comes to Dallas. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Call them the Chargers. Yo, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm no, they're the lie. NFL Clippers. You can't, yeah, bro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't buy the hype, bro. Like, I think they, I me mean, personally, I think they just play the Vikings good. They beat them last year. And I think Jeff, and I think Justin Jefferson only had, like, two catches. So I think they just play right. them good personally. I, I, I don't want to make excuses for Minnesota, but they also just played, like, the game of the year last week on the road. I mean, they're probably still – they were on that emotional high. I mean, you saw the post-game celebration on the plane and all the, the chain nonsense. Like, they probably weren't even – they weren't even focused probably. Hold up. We'll forget one more thing about Minnesota. Go ahead. Because in the big game, that man don't show up. Now – Albeit, now, honestly, his offensive line wasn't ever really that good to begin with, but they just 63%. Right. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. No, no, for real. I I, I never said he did good. Go ahead, Chris. (laughs) I never said he did good. All I'm saying is it's been proven over time that when Kirk Cousins is in a big time game, whether it's from prime time or as Fox wants to call America's Game of the Week, that man is nowhere to be found. Mm. He's just lost out there. So, Vikings fans, the case on why, but they, they do know that playoff that games are four o'clock and eight o'clock, right? Could have been our quarterback. Yeah. Who could have been our quarterback? I said, Kirk. no, I said, I said, couldn't have been our quarterback. Oh, oh yeah, all right, yeah. Jalen Hurts is just. I would hope, I would hope not. Me too. Oh, of course not. You've seen it in action too many times. Well, Kendrick, no, it's, before it's we move it, on. Stop it. 
he brings play Mark. Then y'all lose the Seahawks. Then you say that week would be the end of the Seahawks nonsense. We'll say that for later though in the topic. It was it was the following week. <laughs> well, Kendrick, before we move on, I mean the Vikings are still eight and two. I mean the one seed is still right there, but they are a game behind the Eagles now, and we also hold the tiebreaker over them. So I mean, can they flush this and just re- and just recover for next week, or is this just a sign of things to come and, and this is going to start to unravel? Um, personally, it really depends, and it depends on a couple of things. One, it depends on if uh, Justin Jefferson is going up against a, a good corner or not that week. Because I feel like he, I mean, when he's going up against his daddy. When he's going up against some great competition at uh, the cornerback position, he <laughs> where's he been? And, like, I feel like he's, he's, you know, he's getting there, but that's, like, a problem that they have. And then when they lose that weapon, um, Kirk Cousins is really looking around being like, do I really trust these other people? Mind you, he has some solid options. Like, like, he has options, but I don't know how he, like, he just doesn't have, I feel like he just doesn't have that. Like, I feel like connection. I mean, only, like... Yeah, because they, they do have TJ Hawkinson, but he just came in a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so that's... Yeah, he's just playing can't get well. open anymore. <laughs> yeah, he can't get open anymore. Dylan is, I mean, he's just a shell of himself. Dalvin Cook, I mean, you gotta... You no, gotta but Dalvin Cook, him. Does, Dalvin Cook is still being Dalvin Cook. He's not gonna knock him. Yeah, I'm saying you gotta implement him in the passing game more, you know? If, if Jefferson's getting shut down. Yeah, but I mean, if they're if they're listen, if their offense works to how it's supposed to work, then you don't really need to get him into the run game. I mean, the pass game because he's just running the ball, getting like you know four or five carries, yeah. four or five yards per carry. 70, so it's like seventy-two why, why yards this past week, seventy-two yards. Yeah, so but like, once you go down, once you go down the first half, you gotta start throwing the ball. Yeah, but you still gotta get your, you still gotta have find a way to get your uh, players to ball. And sometimes, you know, they like they can't always just be like, oh, we can just dish it off, dish it off, dish it off, dish it off. Because I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you can get him into the pass game, but he's not really known for that. He's not really like sticking out as like that versatile back that you have in like you know McCafferty and Eckler, and you know the emerging Tony Pollard as well. So it's like you can't really expect that. But I feel like they have a chance to you know. Bounce back because they play the they play the they, they stay at home. They're at, they they also play on Thanksgiving on Thursday. Yeah, they play. Uh, yeah, they play the, the Pats. So, but I mean that that's gonna be a good game because you know the Pats defense is still solid. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how they how they um respond to playing against another good defense. And speaking of that pass defense, is a perfect segue because we're gonna jump right into Zach Wilson and. The audacity, man. Um, the Jets lost 10 to 3 to the Patriots on Sunday. In that game, against that Patriots defense, Zach Wilson threw just 9 of 22 for 77 yards and he was sacked four times. He also, I don't know if y'all saw this, but he missed like a wide open flat route. I mean, his running back was five yards away in the flat, just threw it, sailed it right over his head, just had a terrible game. And the Jets, Listen to this. The Jets' offense averaged two inches, not yards, two inches per play in the second half. I mean, the offense was just, just completely anemic. In Axe post game, if he felt that he had let his defense down, who performed really well, 
And that touchdown given up was at the end of the game on a punt return. So the defense had nothing to do with the loss. They did their job, but the offense couldn't do theirs. And asked postgame if he had felt that he let his defense down. He simply said no. Now, I am in the media as a college student. I'm in these postgame press conferences all the time for Temple. And, you know, sometimes you just got to ask softball questions. Like, like not every question has to be just this hard-hitting, ooh, you know, just get a juicy, you know, quote. Let's get a juicy quote. Let's ask this just you know, this complex question. It's, it's a very simple question, and it was a softball. It's a layup. Now, we saw that he can't even hit his layup throws, and apparently he can't hit his layup questions, because why would you say that? Why would you say no? And it's just a flat-out no, and he moved on. So I'll open the floor to anybody who wants to answer this. Where did Zach Wilson find the audacity? Oh. I'll go first. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's cockiness. I don't know if it's just too ashamed to admit that he was that he's been the problem. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but I'm starting to think that maybe him getting drafted second overall might start to get is starting to get to his head a little bit because there is no way, and absolutely no way. You can play that bad and not say it was your fault and not say that it was something, you could have done something better. Because like you said, Jonah, he couldn't do anything in the second. He could not, I mean, he could do anything in the whole game, but he couldn't move ball five yards in the second half for a drive. They couldn't move it. They could barely move it a yard. And you really have the nerve to come out to that press conference and say that, that you don't think the offense let the defense down. The defense held them to ten points. Honestly, three. If you take away the pummer, the pummer turn touchdown, that's special teams right there. Like the Jets could have won this game on so many occasions. Because Mac Jones, I mean, Mac Jones wasn't playing that much better than him. He wasn't scoring the ball. I mean, he moved the ball a little, but he wasn't scoring nothing. But I think I don't know. Like I said, I think it was just cockiness and just not wanting to admits that he that he's been the problem. And I mean, even if you look at Zach Wilson's season and the games he's played, even though the Jets have won some of those games, they really have not won them because of Zach Wilson all the time. They've won them because one, before the offense before a bunch of key players in the offensive line got hurt, they had a really underrated offensive line. Before Brees Hall got hurt, he was running over everybody. And they still have another they got another weapon at the running back with James Robinson. But like I said, the offensive line is depleted. It really wasn't because of the passing game. It was really because of the offensive line and the running game that they were winning games so much. But maybe he felt like because he was out there calling those plays, or I guess the coach was giving the play calls to call to the team, he felt like he was doing something. But there's no way you can go out at that press conference and say that you couldn't have done something different to help that defense out. You can't tell me that you, that it wasn't your fault that the offense couldn't move the ball down the field and even kick a field goal. Not even a field goal. You can't move the ball 10 yards. And I think it's sad because, I mean, now you've seen reports that Charles Gardner on Twitter liking comments about how uh, um, Zach Wilson needs to own up to the accountability he has in the team. Now you're hearing reports that there are some people in the locker room frustrated with Zach Wilson. And this could be the start of a downfall for Zach Wilson because now he could be on the verge of getting benched next game. As you heard Robert Silas say, 
I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was at, at practice, at the conference today after practice or it was yesterday, but he said he hasn't committed to a quarterback for next week's game yet. Now, that yep. means your coach might be losing interest in you because of what you said, because you're not carrying yourself as a leader. Yes, you're only a second year quarterback, but as a quarterback of the team, you, you're going to have to be a leader because the offense depends on you. So the fact that you don't want to own up to when you make mistakes is a big problem. And it could, and this could be the, the start of Zach Wilson no longer being a New York Jet. Yeah, I mean, it's quarterbacking 101. Like, you know, Dan Orlovsky, he said it on NFL Live. Like, even if, you know, it's not even your fault. Like, maybe you just receivers are dropping passes or, you know, guys fumble or whatever. Even though, you know, it wasn't on his receivers, it's on him. But even if it's not on him, you gotta, you have to be the diplomat. You gotta be that politician and you gotta, you just gotta say the right things. Cause you gotta keep your locker room happy. You're the quarterback. You're the face of the franchise. You're the leader of the team. It's just very simple one-on-one. Just, it, it, it's the basics. Like, oh man. So Robert Sala, as you mentioned, Chris, he, he said he is not committed to Wilson being the starting quarterback next week versus Chicago. So, Johnny, I mean, is it is it is it Mike White time? Like, is it Joe Flacco time? Like, what what's going on? This Bring is terrible on. timing too, because you know you're six and four, you're in a playoff spot. Absolutely, absolutely. I was just about to absolutely, and that, my my thing is, but you got to do what you got to do because it's about the team. I think Robert Saylor said he, you know, I, I think that's another um quote that he said. Uh, he's not going to, you know, if he's going to make the best decision he can for the team, and that's what needs to happen. And, um, in my personal opinion, you gotta bench him. Um, it's, it's, it's getting bad. Not only, oh, that was Bernard Berrios too, by the way, that, that check, that simple check down that just sailed over his head. This kid, he's just missing, I think Denzel, he missed Denzel Mims on like a post route, uh, down right in the middle of the field and he wound up taking off running and Denzel Mims just snapped. Um, uh, uh, Jared Wilson is also from the rookie, frustrated. He's a rookie wide receiver. He just can't. He's just frustrating teammates, like you said. Um, he's not taking accountability. It's getting to the point where, like, his background and upbringing is, is being bought up, and that's just bad for just. It's looking bad on the on the Jets as a as a franchise. I, I think Booger McFarland mentioned like he had like a rich uncle, and you know he's trying to put that stigma on his character. And then honestly, the media is just going to run with this, and at this point, it's just going to create turmoil, even if. You don't decide to bench him. You got to bench him just off that note, just to keep the media at bay to some extent. But just off the simple fact of how he's the, the fact that he had the audacity to just say no off of that type of performance that his defense had. Um, and honestly, like ugh, two inches per play. I that these are some unheard of stats this past week. Like this is getting ridiculous. But yeah, at the same time, this um. He no accountability. I actually didn't have to have him down for this, but you you got to get him out of there. Like I, I I can't I can't believe that this guy is just like, ugh. I I, I didn't have I, I I don't know guys. I don't know. Maybe that that high draft pick is getting to his head. I I have no clue. Um, but at the same time, I thought the team was behind him. But at the same time, no, you got to get him out of there. Yeah, that 2021 QB class is looking pretty suspect, man. It's, it has not been an easy go around for these dudes. And of course, they were all, majority of them were drafted into tough situations, but my goodness. Uh, 
I want to talk about Justin Fields. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I mean, I feel like you got to give the benefit of the doubt uh, for like, like you know, Trevor. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has picked up this season. Like the Jaguars are playing better than they did last year, and that's improvement, right? And then um, Justin Fields has, play, has been playing out of his mind this over this what past like month and a half. I feel like like they're playing. They're like. Everybody else, they're playing. They're playing. Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, that, like because Trevor, he, Urban Meyer, and Justin Fields doesn't have an O line, so you know, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you can't, you can't knock them, and then like it's not like they're not doing well now. Like if it's like consistently, but it's like Zach Wilson, you know, he had his rookie year, but it's like I think a lot of people was just a, a problem of accountability as a leader, even though like yes, he has had his struggles against the uh, Patriots. Um, you know, but like overall, I feel like yeah, he didn't mess up here and didn't take accountability. But what is he? Is this a consistent thing that this is just coming to light right now, or ha- is this like a first time occurrence? You know, and it's just like was it out of frustration of just this, and he felt like he was doing his thing, but you know, maybe he was. It was just like he he was probably frustrated and feeling like his other teammates weren't doing their job, and then it's just like so he was just like over it and felt felt saying like that but i mean it's still wrong for him not taking accountability just because of the position he is in so but uh to start him or not um it's kind of tough it is kind of tough because he's trying he's losing the locker room a little bit so it's like how are you gonna start a quarterback who doesn't have his locker room behind him and it's just like so, I don't know. Hopefully the locker room, um, like improves during the week that we don't see behind the scenes and something changes where he still maybe he'll be starting next week. But if not, then it's going to be a long road. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a very short career for him if he doesn't fix his attitude. Absolutely. Mar, do you think it's a mistake to just bench him now, like in the middle of what is a playoff push? I'm surprised he's still on the team. I ought to release him. Nah, you can't do that to a second overall pick. <laughs> no, they can't. I can. And I sure would have. Bro, for you to for you to miss throws, to play the way you play, and for you to not get any better, like there was a point in time Joe Flacco was leading the league in passing yards. There was a time I think his name, I'm sorry, Mike Wilson was like looking good for the Jets and they gave you the starting position back. So I think that could have got to his head too. Like no matter who's hooping is always going to be me because I'm the number two pick and my, you got to get released. Like there's nothing we can tell you. There's nothing that you'll do to obviously get better. His stats aren't getting better from the previous year. His eyes ain't getting better. His attitude ain't getting better. There's nothing good about him as a football player. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even mess up another franchise by doing that. I'll just release him. I mean, you got to at least bench him first, right? Oh, at I least, you know, I, like, I, like as a warning shot. Like, all right. Warning like, for get, what? Get your act together. Because, again, that's For what? what? You ain't on my team after you said that. I agree. I agree. Robbie Anderson earlier when he was with the Panthers had a dispute with his wide receiver coach and the head coach and they traded his behind 24 hours later. I mean, I understand. I mean, that's that's Robbie Anderson. I I understand. Same concept in my personal opinion as far as 
Like he's, he's a lot like, more expendable. I mean, listen, we're talking we're talking about the second overall pick. That's a huge I, look, investment. At the end of the day, attitude is attitude. That that was my not defending him by the way. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I definitely get that. It's definitely different in that context. But as far as like the concept of attitude and like like doing what's best for the team, yeah, you gotta you gotta. I mean, re- release them. I say bench, but if they release them, I would not. I, I, I'm not surprised at that either. Or at least try to trade them. <laughs> I don't think anybody would really. Yeah, we'll try to get some. Well, yeah, at the bit to try to get them right now, now but. <laughs> man. I mean, the Jets, they got to they gotta get it together because, you know, the AFC East is still right there. Like, that entire division, like the NFC East, they can all make the playoffs. Like, all eight of those East teams could be in the playoffs. Probably not. One or two of them won't make it. But, I mean, whew. I'm glad I'm not a Jets fan, man, because that's frustrating. So, do we want to move on? We want to go, uh, yeah. Let's move on. Let's see, where's my notes at? Oh, wait, Jonah, can I make a point real quick? Go ahead, go ahead. There's other quarterbacks. There's other quarterbacks out there that can win you a game, and they might have antics off the field. You know, they could say something or do something, but they could win you games. This man said that, and he doesn't win you games. So, you know... Is it? There's no win-win with them. There's no win-win. I hear you. That that's something that uh, forgetting his name, Joe Douglas. Yeah, Joe Douglas. You know that that that'll be something for him to figure out in the off season. I don't think. I don't think they're going to release him. I think that's, like, very extreme, even though I understand why you, like, there's no tolerance for that and why you would want to release him. But it'll just be a terrible look if they just got rid of the second overall pick. But I feel, I mean, I don't think you want to bench him either. But you got to just have a talk with him or something. You just got to sit that boy down. And whether it's the locker room or it's the coaching staff or just – one-on-one with him and Robert Sala. There's got to be some type of reform to his attitude because if not, the Jets can and will plummet very fast. But, you know, speaking of the Jets, up until last week, you know, they, they were having a great start to the season. You know, they, they, they started 6-3, and three, and there's currently still, you know, last Sunday was, was, was bad for the offense, but they're still in a spot to where they can make the playoffs, and they're one of the few teams – who have been a pleasant surprise, along with their neighbors, the New York Giants, and also the Seattle Seahawks, who you guys love talking about Johnny, Colin, y'all just y'all love y'all Seahawk talk, man. Um so who are who are some of y'all biggest surprises for this season? And Kendrick, I'll start with you. Or Colin if you want to go. Play it to Kendrick first. Go ahead, Kendrick. Go ahead, Kendrick. Alright, personally my biggest surprise, I would say, is uh, the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, mm. because of how well that team gelled together, getting Tyreek Hill, giving him weapons, and also the new head coach uh, coming in. I mean, yeah, he did have a little his, his little issues with you know answering questions properly and you know talking about you know some serious things and not being not taking accountable for his actions and maybe how much of a say he has or not in it. But like overall. 
I mean, when Tua plays and Tua finishes the game, they haven't lost. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, so I feel like they're, they're really the shock to me. Everybody, and then Tyreek, um, number one in catches and number one in receiving yards. He's not scoring a lot of touchdowns, but he's like, he's producing enough where his team's, his, he's helping his team find a way to score, even though he's not the one doing it. And it's just like Jalen Waddle has come on and it's given, and like being, Tyreek being there is letting Jalen Waddle show out on how good of a receiver he actually is. And being like, I, you know, I'm faster than a lot of these guys and they don't really know it. And now people know. So it's just like having overall, everybody's, it's just coming together well. And, um, and that acquisition getting Jeff Wilson was a great one, was a great, was a great one to do. Um, so overall, I would say like, I'm very, I'm very, um, impressed with the Dolphins. Yeah, they're seven and three. They're tied at first place. They actually have the tiebreaker over the Bills because they beat them earlier in the season. So they're in first place in the AFC East, and they're in a four-way 7-3 and three tie for the second seed in the AFC. So, I mean, Tua is a, is a nice little mini comeback story for him just mid-season, just suffering that terrible concussion on Thursday night versus versus the Bengals, and then just to come back and just, it'll it's, you know, just business as usual. Uh, Chris, where do you fall on your biggest surprise? Oh, go ahead, Kendrick. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, no, I was just asking. MVP race for, for Tua? Yeah. I, I put him. He's up there. Again, I'm biased, so I'll put him behind Jalen, but he's right there. I mean, he's he's right there. Him, Jalen, and Mahomes, because unfortunately, he's a quarterback-dominated award. I throw Micah Parsons' name in there, too, but uh, Tua, he, he should get some votes. But go ahead, Chris. Uh, all right, so I think it, it was difficult for me because, in my opinion, this NFL season has gone so far left from what I thought it was going to be like that there's just a lot of teams and players I could choose from. So with that being said, and Colin is going to love this. I got to go with the biggest surprise <laughs> being the Seattle Seahawks. I, I just, I just had. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> and it's, and, and, again, I we, did, we made it again. Here they go. Listen, listen, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I have, I, it just has to be them because we all know when Russell Wilson got traded, we all expected the Seahawks to be bottom dwellers. We all expect them just to be competing for, or, yeah, competing for basically trying to get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or something like that. And the fact that it looks complete opposite with that trade, like not only do, do the Broncos look a lot worse than the Seahawks right now, all the draft picks that the Broncos, that the Seahawks got from the Broncos from last year's draft, they're all starters, all quality starters at best or at minimum, which is shocking enough. Then not only that though, but Geno Smith actually he, he looks a lot better than his days being with the New York Jets. A lot better. Sure does. And the fact that they're, as is right now, I don't know if they're first in the NFC West, but definitely competing for the NFC West title when nobody thought they were going to do that. It's just, again, it's, it's very impressive, and you can't take that away from them. And not only that, though, but because of the Russell Wilson trade and because the Broncos are playing terrible right now, they have a chance to get another top 10 pick in next year's draft because they own the Broncos' first-round pick. 
So just think that even with this exceptional run that the Seahawks have been on, they still could get a quarterback because I don't know if they're going to keep Geno Smith long term. I, 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 that's just me personally. I don't know if the success is going to sustain because, again, it's only been one year. If it does, kudos to him. But the fact that, again, they still can, like, write their their own next chapter after the Russell Wilson era. The fact that they're good right now and they still have a chance to add another quality player. And if they want to get a quarterback, because it's a quarterback, it's a deep quarterback class coming in, they can still get a very good quarterback with a top 10 pick. So it looks like they're really in a good situation right now with a lot of young players playing well, Geno playing well, and the Broncos just stinking, stinking it up right now. So I have to go with the surprise being the Seahawks this year. And Colin, before you start singing the praises of Geno Smith, I just want to mention real quick that uh, the 49ers did kind of just creep up on the Seahawks and they took first place. They are tied at 6-4, and four, so they're tied, but 49ers have the tiebreaker, so they're in first. Go ahead, Colin. Uh, I don't necessarily have much to add on what Chris said. Chris kind of touched I, on all the I, I just, I was, I was Chris touched on all the points with me. Uh, and and Geno's Mar- your boy. Ah. And Mar, as a team that was on the receiving end of the loss playing against them, how about them Hawks, man? Oh, my goodness. How about them Seahawks? <laughs> they mighty, mighty, we, mighty, mighty. <laughs> we won more games than them. Uh, we won more games than them. You won? All right, that's true. That's true. But you guys still lost to uh, the Hawks, though. So, that, so what's your thoughts on that, on that loss? Can't win every game just like y'all can. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Jonah. Well, 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 I, I, I'd like to add in if um, I may. I, I, I don't have that much to add, but I, I do want to. I just, I just do want to say these. Do you have things. a separate surprise? We do not. I, I mean, at the end of the day, we already know how about them Hawks. But I do want to add two things. Two things I want to say about this. That's that's really personally impressing me. Kenneth Walker the third, obviously. Um, like seven touchdowns mm-hmm. on the year, like like almost 600 yards and about five yards a pop. I do want to say this: if Rashard Penny didn't get hurt, them two as a running back duo, oh my God, might have been the most un- might have been the most underrated in the league because he Rashard Penny was averaging six yards a pop his uh before his injury. So if those two, if they those two stay healthy, they're, they're probably one game better. Maybe I don't, I'm not sure. And also, I actually have a surprise player, and he's actually on the Seahawks. This kid came out of nowhere, and he's my personal pick for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, right, rookie, right cornerback, Tariq Woolen. He's got five picks. He's got five picks on the season so far. Like, I'm like, this kid's a ball hawk. And I'm just like, he's just added to that run that the Seahawks are on of surprise players. And I just want to say, like, this is my favorite Cinderella team. I mean, Chris, let me ask. Oh, yeah. You- oh, go ahead, Jonah. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't have to be a team either. It could be a player, a coach, executive, whoever. But go ahead. Uh, Chris, I just want to ask you. So you don't see uh, – I, I see where you're coming from. You say in terms of Geno Smith not being able to keep the production for, uh, for you know, maybe the next two or three years. So you think it's better off him being as a backup quarterback compared to the, uh, them drafting a, you know, a top-ten quarterback, especially with this year's quarterback class coming in? I mean, if the cards play out their way, I would definitely keep Geno Smith in the back of both for sure. I think, I think, at definitely at the minimum, he's definitely put himself into that. So, okay, he's definitely going to play himself into another contract in the league. But like okay. we said, 
I think Drew Locke is done. So there's no point keeping him around. If you can draft a quarterback, just lose Drew Locke and you have Geno Smith and whatever quarterback they draft battle it out for the starting QB job. All right, sounds am good. I, am I insane to say they use those picks to build around Geno? Am I insane for that? I would say you are because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I, I just don't see them needing anything else right now outside of a quarterback. Again, Geno Smith is really good, but I mean, weapons, I don't know more weapons is Jonah. Yeah. That might be offensive one line, few, offensive line. This might be one of the few times I agree with Chris, just based on the fact that Geno's a little bit on the older side. Um, and that's not really an issue. To well, it is an issue, semi. But it, he's just on the older. Is he side. hit thirty yet? I think he he came in the league in twenty twelve, twenty eleven. He he's got to hit thirty. He's thirty two. He's thirty two. Yeah, yeah. He's a little bit on the older side. That's yeah. That's all right. That's the reason why I wouldn't. Now, now the the Seahawks have a first round pick. Oh no, no, they had a first round pick this year and next year. I thought it was. Next year and the year after, but it, it was this year and next year. So, all right. So they have the first for next year. Huh. I, I I think it'll be smart to get a quarterback. I was just I was just I was just checking to see. But Mar, um, who's your surprise for the season? Um, team player, coach, whoever. I gotta go with that team out of New York because for the just to be. Six Wait, which one? Which one? Which one? For the Jets to be six and four, and the quarterback that they have, it just is is it's an accomplishment. Like it's really an accomplishment. Hey man, don't it's, be humble. You can say your Giants too. I, I I I I'm surprised, but then when I look at our schedule, I'm not surprised except for a couple games, but. Other than that, I just, the Jets, like, I've seen them win games without Zach Wilson throwing a touchdown. He's caught a touchdown and they won a game. Like, the quarterback had to catch a touchdown. So, like, it's just very, it's just, it's just very inspiring. Like, like, the Jets, like, really, I don't know, man. For, like, a six and four without a quarterback, without a steady quarterback. And that division two is 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 crazy that they have a winning record six and four and they're still at the bottom and they're better than half the teams in the league. It's it's, it's just crazy. New York football, they are a combined uh, thirteen and seven, thirteen and seven. If my math's correct, and they're both in playoff spots. So trust me, I did not see it coming. I, I did say the Giants would improve from last year, but I didn't think, you know, they'd be seven and three. So that caught me off guard. The seven Jets, and three, seven and three is crazy. And the Jets, I absolutely did not see six and four. And honestly, you know, it, it could be a better record. But it could be. That's the that's the like that's, that's why like, <laughs> that's the crazier part, bro. Like they could really be better than six and four. The Jets, like. That's better than half these teams out here. It's just, oh, it's just crazy. For the biggest, I mean, for the biggest, for the biggest media market, sooner or later those teams had to do something because for the longest time, both teams, you know, they're just they've been at the bottom, and it's like, but the expectations in that city, like in Philadelphia, is just way too high for both teams to perform the way they've been performing. So for them to finally answer the call, answer the bell, and you know, get off to these big starts. 
huge surprise for me. So we're going to flip it over to the other side. We got the same rules apply. It could be a team. It could be a player. It could be, you know, for my pick, an entire division. Uh, Chris, you know where I'm going with this. Who's your biggest you disappointment? I want you to start. You have but, to. You you got to. Who is the oh, biggest oh, disappointment? You are, oh, oh, you. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I, just, the biggest I just need three. I need the most three minutes. I just need three minutes. Hey, Colin. Go, Colin, start the, time, the violins. Bro. Colin, take uh, the violins. No, no, no let, let him have this. Let him have it. Let him have it. You let better not. It. Let him have it. You better not. Go ahead, Chris. Yes, Jonah. If we want to look as a whole, the AFC West has. I'm, I'm just, I want to see if I can how I can describe the AFC West. Right. I'm trying to see just how I can describe it as a whole. Yep. Crowned them okay. too early, so, man. We crowned so, them too so, early. So you remember? So you remember? Like, so I, I know we all remember. So you remember the Lakers made that dream team in 2012. Maybe go back to 04 if that's the case when they had all oh, these nice players on the team. We thought that they were going to make some noise and do something. Now. We can go board to 2012 instead of 04 because at least the 04 team still made the finals. But 2012, they just wet the bed in the worst That's, way. That possible. was the Nash and the Dwight Howard team. Yep, and the Kobe team. Yeah. And they wet the bed in the and the AFC West has wet the bed in the worst way possible. Not, I did not think in my entire life that the Jets, the Giants, the Seahawks, all in the situation that are in, would have better records than the number of teams in the AFC was this year. And yes, I am calling out my team because Lord have I been on a roller coaster with the Las Vegas Raiders this year. And I don't even know where it is. I I was skeptical when we hired Josh McDaniels. But I wanted I wanted to give him a pass. I really wanted to. Because when he was in Denver he didn't have nowhere close to the kind of offense and the kind of weapons he has right now. When we just got a little bit over halfway in the year, and I've wanted this man gone since week seven. I've wanted him gone since week seven. I still want him gone. I don't care that we beat the Broncos last week. I still want him gone. Because it's just the offensive guru talk that I've been hearing is a facade. It has to be a facade. Because the play calls that I see, that I've witnessed, just does not make any sense. And what sucks worse about all this is the fact that we got Devontae Adams for the sole purpose of having a legit number one when we didn't have a legit number one for years since we got rid of Amari Cooper. So I'm thinking we got an offensive-minded coach. We just added Devontae Adams. Now, I did not expect Hunter Renfro and Darewald to be dealing with injuries. That's another story for another day. But the fact that we got Devontae Adams, who is still putting up, who is still putting up numbers. Not like he ain't putting up numbers. He's still putting up numbers, and we and they can't transition the wins. Every game that we have lost this year has been by less than a touchdown, no more than a touchdown. That's six points, seven you count the extra point. And the fact that we are three and seven really gets to me because it's the play calling, it's the. Defensive coordinator not knowing what he's doing. We have a dog in Max Crosby. A dog. And he's the only reason that our defense can stay in games. Chandler Jones, I'm trying to. I've been waiting patiently for him to turn the corner on this sluggish season. And he has not done it yet. And I've seen him try. I've seen him out there put in effort. 
I seen him put an effort to get past the line of scrimmage, to get past blockers, which he can. Why can't he finish plays all of a sudden? Why can't he tackle anybody? Why can't he set the quarterback? I'm just confused. I'm bewildered. I'm flabbergasted. I don't know what other adjective to use right now. It doesn't make any Could sense. Hoodwink <laughs> is a great one. Because I did not see this at all. And yes, Derek Carr has not looked like Derek Carr. I know some people had Derek Carr's Dark Horse MVP candidate because of the weapons he has. I'm not, I have been mad at Derek Carr and I have said I can't defend the man, in, defend the man anymore, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that he is solely the problem of this team. He's part of the problem, but he's picked it up in the past couple of games. And for that, I will get, and I will give him credit for that. But I don't see us getting anywhere with Josh McDaniels as the head coach. And I really feel like it's because of the play calling. I feel like it's because not everybody is bought in. And I don't know why the team isn't bought in because when you look at us on paper, we should be bought in. We should be better. And again, th- we are in the weak part of our schedule. And we lost to the Colts and the Jaguars. This was considered the weak part of our schedule that we were in. And we lost to the Colts and the Jaguars. Okay, I'm going to pass somebody else because I'm starting to get, feel myself get frustrated again. Maybe you can come back to me. It's a, a, it's a therapy session. It's a therapy I session, know. man. Let it all out, bro. I know. And I'm trying let to it let it all out, but I'm trying to save time for anybody else to talk about their biggest disappointments. I'm trying to. But the fact Maybe. that we're just 3-7 and seven with the talented offense that we have just really gets to me. And it sucks because, again, I I wanted to I've been I've been giving this team leeway since week five. I've been thinking maybe it's a slow start. We're coming the weak portion of the schedule and then maybe we can turn things around. But the fact that we lost to the Jaguars and the Colts just doesn't survive me. Not to mention we ain't scored even a field goal against the Saints, against Andy Dalton in two thousand twenty two. We didn't even score a field goal against them. I just I don't know. I'm just so disappointed in this team and they and Maybe they're the biggest disappointment to any of y'all, but they're definitely the biggest disappointment to me. Damn sure are. Somebody else can go, because I need to admit it to myself. Kendrick, man, I don't know how you follow that up. You really can't, but who's your biggest disappointment for this season? Talk to this guy. My, my biggest disappointment of the season. Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I feel like they mm-hmm. are the biggest disappointment to me. And it's solely uh, because of, you know, what they did and didn't do. I feel like for Aaron Rodgers, you know, making a big contract, understanding, like, yeah, he lost Devontae Adams. And he losing Devontae Adams is something serious. Um, But, I mean, just the way they played and, like, their record. They're 4-7, and seven, you know. Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season, and like you come out and then you hit the gates four and seven. You know, you're you play you don't you know you don't give him a receiving core to let Aaron Rodgers do Aaron Rodgers thing, and now you're trying to become more of a run game. But it's just like Aaron Rodgers been doing this for how many years? Had an MVP like season, then he used the to the conference championship. Now I've been able to get over that hump since 2010, but. He's been he's been consistently playing well and trying to do his best and his his due diligence to get you know to put put you on the best place to win and y'all didn't do that to, for him after losing Devontae Adams and so I feel like 
and then the defense wasn't stepping up. The defense was playing horrible. It's like a bunch of first and second round picks out there, and and they they were they were not good in the first half of the season. Like they weren't good. I mean, they have their they have their moments, but overall, they have not played well up to the standards that they should be playing. So I feel like that's that's like the whole that's the whole second part that disappoints me. So it's just like as a complete unit from the coaching staff to the higher ups to the offense and defense, it's just like all around everybody's just being disappointing to me, and nobody is like playing up their their expectation and making sure that players can play up to the expectation with the right weapons around them. Aaron Rodgers, he's been a starter since two thousand and eight. This is his worst start, four and seven. I don't even think he's has he been three games under five hundred before. I don't even think so. Like this is, ugh. and there's, there's a couple of these teams in the NFC. That whole NFC South division, of course, the defending world champion Rams. Johnny, who's your biggest disappointment for this season, man? I got two guys. I got two. Um, I'm going to start. I got a player and a team. I'm going to start off real quick with my team. And honestly, mm-hmm. we touched on this a couple. Episodes ago, because we saw this team heading downhill, and we wondered if we, if we, we questioned if they can get it turned around. Um, I will agree with the Packers, but on along with that, on the other side, Buccaneers, like what they still haven't gotten it together. I mean, they like they seem like they oh they won the they last might two. be able they won their last two, but I'm not. I, my thing is, I'm not buying it. Um, I'm not buying it because. Only at the end of the day, I think they'll be scraping. I, I think they'll be scraping. At, if they, I mean, uh. They got, they probably got a better chance of making it over the Packers, but they still, we didn't expect this from the Buccaneers. We didn't expect this. Like, we expected at 9-1 at this point from them. Like, they were one of the teams that we expected to go back. I mean, Tom Brady, I think he's, I think he was, a couple weeks ago, he was leading, leading, he was leading the league in, um, I think, uh, completion per, uh, percentage. I think 42 or 427 attempts on, no, 282 passes on 427 attempts. That was a couple of, Weeks ago, he's still up there, so he's doing his job to an extent. I think he's got like twelve touchdowns this year so far, twelve and two touchdown to interception ratio. So you can't put it on time, but I think it's like I said before that um they still don't really commit to the run as much as I feel like they should. Um, their defense is still holding opponents. Um, I think they're starting to get things turned around, but um overall that's not um they did win their last two, but. I expected them to be way, 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 way better this year. And um, my most disappointing player, um, honestly, is in the, I'm gonna go back to uh, Chris's division, but I'm gonna go with the Broncos. It's Russell Wilson. Like, what is going on with him? I have no clue what's going on with him. Like, I, I'm starting to date back ever to ever since he hurt his thumb back with the Seahawks. He hasn't been playing good. I mean, he's got a QBR of 83 right now, seven and five on touchdown interception ratio, and I'm like. He was I, funny stat. Like before he got hurt back with the Seahawks, before he was ten and one touchdown interception ratio, and he hasn't been the same since. He's been worked. He's been it's like his talent's been depleting. And I don't know if his age catching up to him, but it's just getting it's just getting bad. He's like he's just like. And then if he doesn't get better, he's he's growing on a team. Like he's costing them money. Like they in the next three years, I think one hundred and twelve mil. He's he's slated to make. And that's gonna like tie the Broncos up for them to even find more talent to maybe accommodate him if he does get better. I mean, there is a bright side to this is that he's got like, uh, what is it? Uh, it's got, it's got three, four quarter comebacks. And I think that's the only reason the Broncos, 
got three wins. <laughs> so uh, other than that, I mean, there's a small bright spot there, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, he's he, he's missing. He he his throws are off. He's missing players. Um, it's it, it, it's weird. It, it's weird. Um, it, he's never been a pure pocket passer. Like, but he's like you know he's been a good mixture of both. But his athleticism seems to be slowing down, and he's looking a little bit suspect back there, guys. I don't, I don't know what's the deal with him, but these guys got to do better. Father Time is undefeated, man. Father Time is undefeated, and it, it's starting to show itself with Russell Wilson just a little bit. Um, I mean, for the Buccaneers, luckily they play in the NFC South, so I think by just default they'll make it in. They'll win that division, probably 10 wins. They'll be able to get in, but the Broncos and Russell Wilson, I mean, 200 million, two first round picks, a plethora of starting caliber players. That's looking like an all time oh. fleece job. Oh. That is just an all time terrible, terrible, terrible trade. So you're, you're without your future. You're, you're without all of that jazz talk. And he still have to pay this man, and you're not winning any games. Yikes! But Colin, unless you have a, a disappointment, you can you can go ahead and wrap this one up. Nah, not necessarily. Uh, I can't. Uh, Marty, Marty dropped off. I, I yeah. think by accident. Yeah, Marty get his. Yeah, internet connection went down. But we're gonna wrap this up. Okay. Thank you, Booth. Episode seventy-eight of the Straight His Own Podcast. Definitely want to give a big shout out to my co-host Johnny, Kendrick, Johnny, Chris, Joni, Mar. Internet went down, but appreciate them for coming on. Appreciate the guys for coming in and listening to our episode. Thanks a lot for showing us support. You can also follow us on every streaming platform. We're out: Apple, Spotify, the Google Podcast, you name it. Hopefully, you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording this episode. Happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week and have a great day, guys.